What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Here's the show goes. You hit me up with three to five questions dealing with anything and everything from morality to spirituality, relationship advice, dogma, catechesis, evangelization, discipleship, uh, works of charity, acts of justice, and list goes on. I will then sit with your questions. I will pray with them, and hopefully I will respond in such a way that is good for you to grow in your relationship with God. But here's my disclaimer. I'm not perfect. I am not infallible. Therefore, the advice that I share with you, the responses I give to you might not be good for you. If that's the case, then please reject whatever it is that I say that does not help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus. But if my advice is helpful, though difficult, then I really want to encourage you to lean into your relationship with Jesus Christ in prayer and study and worship and fellowship with the poorest of the poor so that God can give you the grace that you may need to fulfill the demands of discipleship over time. If you're first time listening, you can pick up your own questions at www.essentialpress.com slash askfatherjosh, spell it A-S-K-F-A-T-H-E-R-J-O-S-H. You can give me your comments, critiques, uh, and future questions on that website. And you can also share us on your social media pages and review us on iTunes and other podcast formats. When you do this, it helps other people to find out about the show. If the show is good for you, potentially it might be a gift for other people as well. On today's show, I'm super excited. We have uh, a guest on today's show, Meg Hunter-Kilmer. Meg, welcome to the show. Father Josh, I am so excited to be chatting with you. It's, uh, it's such a gift. I've been following you for a long time. Uh, not like a stalker. I mean, not crazy, but mm-hmm. I, I, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit. Yeah. Uh, just a little sketchy, but I have been so impressed with, with your work and with your writings and your insights, especially into the lives of the saints. And so today's show will be all about the saints. And particularly, we're going to do it all about the saints because you just wrote a new book called Saints Around the World. And I have been waiting for this book to drop for a hot minute and it's finally out. So Meg, can you just share with us a little bit about yourself and then uh, give us some insight on what led you to write this book on the saints? Absolutely. So my name is Meg Hunter-Kilmer, and I am a hobo missionary. So I live out of my car. I don't have a house. I don't have an apartment. I don't have a storage locker. I got a Toyota Corolla with everything I own in it, and I drive around the country and fly around the world. So I've been doing that for nine years now, which is a very long time. I've been to 50 states and 25 countries just trying to tell people how wildly Jesus loves them. And I've found uh, over the last probably six or seven years, I've started to get to know the lives of the saints and just seen the way that telling those stories well just really breaks open for people the truth of how God's love reaches into the darkness of our lives and Mm. transforms everything. And I think for a a long time, you know, I kind of thought of the saints as like, like an intermediary step. If you're like not ready to have a relationship with Jesus, like some people just need St. Anthony to like drag them along a little bit. Um, And it, it wasn't until I was you know, probably 30, that I began to hear the stories of the saints told well. And I was like, oh my goodness. Oh, mm-hmm. when you're talking about saints dealing with addiction, saints with mental illness, saints who uh, whose parents are divorced, like all of these things, that speaks hope into people's lives. Mm-hmm. And it tells them it's possible to be a saint in your circumstances. Like it's just so empowering. And so that's yeah. what I wanted to do with this book. Um, so it's uh, it's a picture book. But I do think that it's for everybody. It's 100 different stories of saints from nearly 70 different countries. Uh, I would say the average Catholic maybe knows 20 of the saints in the book. Yeah. I showed it to a nun recently, and she knew 25. Wow. So a lot of brand new people. Um, it's more than half Black, Indigenous, and people of color. So really just trying 
to expand representation. Amen. In yes. Right. Right. Cause it, cause the representation is there in the canon of saints. Like we have tons yes. of saints of all different cultures and ethnicities and different disabilities and different family circumstances yes. and different mental illnesses and like yes. everything. Speak. But we're, but like, we just keep talking about St. Therese and St. Francis and like the plaster version of Therese and Francis right. where we don't actually acknowledge their suffering and their struggles, you know? And I just, I know mm. that there's so much power in showing people what their life could look like if it was transformed by grace. And that's true of the di- of different ethnicities and it's true of different life experiences. I mean, just writing about, writing to children about saints whose parents were never married and yeah. knowing that there are kids in Catholic communities who have never met another person whose parents weren't married, Yeah, you know? And, and for them to hear St. Martin de Porres and be like, oh my gosh, like I, I'm not an accident. I'm not garbage. Like, I was mm-hmm. going to be a great saint. Yeah. I mean, and, and there are so many saints, I mean, in the body of Christ who can relate to this. I mean, like, you know, Dorothy Day um, mm. can relate to an entire demographic of people. Uh, Kat, uh, Captain Doherty. Uh, I mean, there, there's so many saints where there's divorce or abortion or, and they just all these different things that people have encountered and experienced. And they're like, well, there's no way I could be a saint. I'm like, no, no, you can. God is calling you. He wants to abide with you and your walk toward eternity. And, and when I got to my parish, uh, I used to be pastor. It's crazy. I'm not pastor anymore. I was pastor for the past four years and, and now I'm full-time vocation director. But um, when I was pastor uh, five days ago, uh, <laughs> one thing I did was I, on all saints day, as I got these beautiful portraits of saints and I put them in the back of my church on the back wall so that when you leave the church, you see saints. And I put black saints and white saints and indigenous saints and Asian saints, Latino saints, men, women, boys, girls, saints, like you said, who had mental illness, who were sexually abused, who did not have their parents who are married, who experienced persecution, suffering, anxiety, and the list goes on. That way, all my people who come to my church can see in themselves uh, someone who they can relate to. And they can look at that particular saint and say, well, how did this person abide with Jesus? How did this person persevere in their walk toward eternity? How did this person stay Catholic um, in their lifetime whenever they had all these different storms going on around the church and the world? And so it's it's really your work. Your book is super important. Um, it's really, really good. Everybody I've talked to loves it. The other day I called my friends and I tried to share with her a story from your book. And she said, wait a minute, is that Mech, uh, Hunter Kilmer's book? And I said, yeah. <laughs> She said, I have that. I read that today. And I was like, you're kidding me. I mean, so everybody that I've talked to absolutely loves it. I'm learning things about the saints that I've never known. I'm meeting new saints, people in the body of Christ who are inspiring. Me. There's one I, I just met through your book. Uh, she was the refounders of like the Bridgetine sisters. What's yes, her name? St. Elizabeth Hesselblad. Okay. So she's super cool because one thing that like struck me, you know, we live in such a divided culture, divided world, divided church right now. And it's like all these culture wars and these like echo chambers. And it's just upsetting to me and disheartening. But one of the cool things about her was she was intentional about being proximate to Protestants, to Jews and to communists. And like right now, all over Catholic Twitter, everybody's talking about communism. Like they have no idea what communism is. Most of the people, I'm sorry. I'm like, do you even know what that is? Uh, But for the, but for those who do, like she knew what communism was. She knew what they believed, and she still got proximate to them and entered into a personal relationship with them. And like that's the model for all of us. It's like if you get out of your echo chamber and go and dwell with that person who's an atheist or agnostic or Muslim or Hindu or Jew or anti-Catholic or Protestant or evangelical or whoever – abide in a relationship with them and watch what the Holy spirit can do. And so she was one of those saints that I met in your book. And I was like, I want to be your friend. Like I want to get to know you because you inspire me. She, and it was just so beautiful. So thank you for 
really, this book, y'all, is so good. Saints from around the world. You got to get it. Now, Meg, before we get into the show, on today's show, we're going to talk about uh, necromancy and like what's the difference between praying to the saints and like conjuring up the dead. We're going to talk about saints who dealt with anxiety and how do we, um, how can we better like deal with our own anxiety? And we're going to talk about um, something else. Oh, diverse saints, <laughs> which is something I'm very passionate about um, as a black biracial priest uh, in America. And so before we get into those topics, I want to share with you a glory story. So my glory story, what's my glory story? Uh, there, I mean, there's so many. So glory story for today is, mm, hmm, what's my glory story, Meg? Um, talking to you. That's, that's my glory story. Yeah, I've been, I've been waiting for this for a long time. I, uh, you're somebody who's inspired me. And so to finally get to connect and have fellowship with you over the social media is a gift. So my glory story is simple. It's meeting a member of the body of Christ who I've admired for a while and who has uh, inspired me from a distance. So what's your glory story, Meg? You know, Father, it has been such a beautiful thing to me to watch the way that God is working through this book, especially through the saints that I'm not particularly fond of, because mm -hmm. there are saints in this book where I was just like, Jesus wants her in the book. And so she's going in the book, you know, and some of it's like St. Elizabeth Hesselblad, not a particular friend of mine, right? Like she's just mm -hmm. from Sweden and we needed somebody from Sweden. And I love that it doesn't matter. Like it yeah. doesn't matter if I'm friends with them. It doesn't even matter if I manage to tell the story right like the Holy Spirit's going to do what the Holy Spirit's going to do. And so hearing people resonate with these saints who I just never have been able to click with has been such a gift because it's such a reminder to me that it's it's just not about my abilities, right? Like my yeah. whole ministry, my favorite my favorite experiences of fruitfulness are the ones where I'm like, well, that was not me. That was yeah. not me. I had oh, nothing to do with that. That's not my education. That's my not my charm. That's not my ability to show up in the right place. That's literally just the Holy Spirit being like, and I'm going to need to put my hand on you right now because yeah. you're just going to need to get out of the way. And there's just been so much of that that I've been seeing through this book particularly. And it's been such a blessing. Praise God. What a beautiful glory story. The Lord's ways are far above ours. And so uh, when we just say yes to Jesus, it's amazing what he can do. Um, so beautiful glory story. And with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into today's show. First question comes in from Anonymous. Anonymous says this. I've been listening to your earlier episodes of the show, and I love the show. I noticed you always encourage the presentation of diverse art, saints, Marian apparitions, etc. I noticed in the last couple of years, God has led me to a desired devotion to a knowledge of St. Kateri Tegakuta. I want to dive into, a more, um, to, into more diverse saints. Do you have any recommendations for books or biographies of diverse saints? So yeah, I have, I have one really good recommendation for Anonymous, and it's Saints Around the World by Meg Hunter-Kilmer, illustrated by Lindsay Sanders. Um, but Meg, do you have any resources that have been helpful for you as you were writing this book, as you were getting to know the, the saints from all over the world? It's a tricky thing, Father, uh, because that's not 
the way that books have been written up to this point. I have a goal in life that by the time I die, it would be weird for saint books to be almost exclusively white. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, at this point, if you find a saint book and it's 95% men, you would be like, what is going on? That's very strange. And I want people to feel the same way if they see these these saint books that are 95% white, because that's just not what our church is, right? You know, and it's, and it's interesting you say that because I look at um, vocations, right, to holiness, and the majority of the Catholics in America that are going to be called to be saints by God are lay people, right? Very few of us are going to be called to be priests and religious and consecrated virgins. And so the laity are like the, 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 main, the main group of people who are called to be saints in America. But how many of our churches, how many of our stained glass windows, how many of our paintings, how many of our statues, how much of our artwork depicts lay saints, lay saints who were single, lay saints who were married, lay saints who were kids, lay saints who were widowed and divorced? Like how many of our churches have artwork that do this? Because I think sometimes lay people don't live out a radical discipleship because they don't see themselves represented in the stained glass. So like, oh, in order to be a radical saint, you got to be a nun or you got to be a priest. You got to be a monk or a friar or whatever. I'm like, no, like you are called to like the heights of holiness just as much as I am. But when we don't see ourselves represented, it, it we might not be inspired. And that's the same way I've always felt about like artwork with regards to like black saints and Latino saints and Asian saints and indigenous saints. Um, it's like, I, if we don't see ourselves represented in the artwork, then we might not think, well, being a saint is for me. I remember when I was ordained to the priesthood, a parish put my picture in their bulletin and there was an African-American kid at a church called St. John Vianney. And he told his mom, I said, mom, I never knew black people could be priests because he had never, I'm the only black priest from my diocese. I'm the only African-American priest from my diocese. And he had never saw a black priest ever. And so he didn't think we could be priests, which I resonated with when his mother told me that because when I first felt called to be a priest, I resisted the vocation for a number of reasons. Celibacy was one of them. <laughs> I, I didn't want to celebrate <laughs> at that time. But another another one was I'd never seen a black priest. And I was like, God doesn't call black people. Every priest I'd ever seen was a white man. Again, I love my white priest friends. I'm grateful for all the white priests who've heard my confessions and who've confirmed me and who ordained me and who have given me the Eucharist. I praise God for their vocations. But because I never saw a person of color in the priesthood, I didn't think that we could be priests. And so representation is, like you're saying, so, so important. And it is it is sad that your book is one of the only books that does this. And your book does it so well. Like it really does it well. I mean, there's literally saints from all over the world that you put in this book. And uh, yeah, so shout out to you for doing this. Well, thank you. And I think for me, representation has been huge because, you know, like I'm a white woman, right? So I've seen plenty of white women in the stained glass windows and in the statues, but they were all sweet and they just looked so quiet and pleasant and placid all the time. And my image of holiness as a young person, as a young adult, was that I just I just had to sit around and smile and be quiet. And I tried to be holy like that, Father, for like six weeks. And I wanted to murder everybody. Like God, <laughs> he didn't make me quiet and, yeah. and sweet. He didn't. He made me loud and fiery and wild. And yeah. I was pushing against my own nature because I hadn't seen holiness represented in a way that spoke to my heart. And I think a lot of people are just like, fine, like I'm out. Like yeah. For me, I was like, I will cram myself into this mold if it kills everyone around me. Right. And, mm. and then I encountered St. Teresa of Avila and I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I like you her. Mean, she's sassy. She's sassy. Ex- exactly the word I was going to say. One, one of my favorite quotes from her is she was on the toilet. She told Satan, what goes down is for you. What goes up is for God. <laughs> and I was just like, 
that is sassy. And in that time, she was she fell off the horse and she told Jesus, like, if this is how you treat your friends, no wonder why you have so few. I mean, like that woman was real and she wasn't fake in her relationship with God. I think sometimes when we're, we're mad, we go into prayer and we're like all pious and we do our Hail Marys and glory bees. And the Lord's like, why don't you just like tell me you're mad right now? Like, tell me what's really mm. going on. Why don't you tell me that you're struggling, that you're doubting? Like the apostles in the scriptures, even after the resurrection, they doubted. They still doubted. And it says that in the Bible. And like, it's yeah. so, so, so sometimes when we doubt, we're like, oh, I feel so ashamed. Like, no, related to God. Tell the Lord, be, keep it real with them. Um, yeah. So, like, yeah. So, St. Teresa of Avila, for you, is that real saint? We're like, oh, fine. I found someone who's like crazy, like me. Exactly. And then I began to realize that people who were really quiet and meek thought they had to be loud and wild evangelists. And that the devil is just telling everybody, mm. whatever you are, is ineligible. Whatever you are, God doesn't want you. And so realizing the importance of highlighting just all of these different kinds of saints, you know? And so it was really important to me in the book to put in saints with visible disabilities, right? Like there's there's three little people, there's limb differences, there's a wheelchair because people don't see themselves. And so not only do they not see that they're called to holiness often, but they also don't see what holiness looks like in their particular circumstances. Mm -hmm. Like if you are living your life with a chronic disability to have a saint who sometimes was like, Jesus, I don't feel you present in this, right? Like that's such a gift. If you're a person of color living in America right now, and you're experiencing racism to have saints who endured racism, right? And who, who learned how to fight and when to fight and which fight to take, you know, like all of that. It's just huge. And so I think, you know, it's important to note that a lot of our churches in like the stained glass windows and the statues don't have saints who are black, indigenous and people of color because they were built by Italian communities in the 19th century when literally every person in the church was Italian. And I get that. And I'm not saying. But but the problem is this is they're they're not that way anymore. If you look around the geographical boundaries, canonically, we are called to go out to the people who live around our parishes. And so if that parish is now geographically black or brown or indigenous, then you need to start like putting, adding, I'm not saying break the stained glass windows. I'm not saying get rid of white Jesus. You can keep white Jesus, but add Mm. a black Jesus, add brown Jesus. Like, because uh, the bottom line is Jesus Christ historical was not white with blonde hair and blue eyes. And so I'm I'm all fine with that because in his glorified body, he can appear with blonde hair and blue eyes. And he has done that in apparitions. And I praise God for that. I love divine mercy, Jesus too. I love sacred heart, uh, St. Mary, uh, Margaret's Jesus. I love, but also we have to keep in mind that when he appears to people all over the world, he appears looking like them. And so the people outside of your church in that neighborhood who aren't Catholic, but are your church people because they're your Christians by virtue of their their boundaries. If they are black or brown or indigenous or Asian, Latino, whatever it is, like we got to start including mm-hmm. representation of them mm-hmm. as well. But I want to go back to something real quick you said about people who have who, who have different um, uh, disabilities, right? Like there's different uh, kinds of saints who are able-bodied, who some were paralyzed, some had some were blind. I mean, they're all over the place, right? It would, I think, help so much if we like start naming our churches after some of these saints. Because it would inspire seminarians to become priests to recognize when I see that family who comes into my church and who clearly like it's a struggle, like it's a struggle for them to even get here, but they still show up and they and they come and and, like it would help. I think the priests say, I need to go out of myself and accompany those people. And I need to sit at their feet and ask them how I can best accompany them and walk with them toward eternity and how I can accommodate them in the sacraments and find out from them from listening to them. Like, is our church welcoming? Is this a place that is is helpful for you? Is it conducive for you to come and worship God? Uh, Because like those people, too, are are called to the heights of holiness. 
And sometimes they're not supported by the parish. Again, and some of these priests who ignore them aren't because it's not that they're bad priests. They just legit, like they haven't thought about it. And I think the more we see the saints, like who had these different experiences in their walk toward eternity, they can inspire us to say, you know what? That person too might be the next greatest saint in our land. That person might be the first canonized saint in my city. And so I need to be in relationship with them and learn from them, how I can accompany them, how they can help me because I need them. They need me. We all need each other. We all have gifts that can help each other become saints. So we're going on and on. We can go on forever, but let's go ahead and jump into our next question because this is great. Uh, this is really, really good. So next question comes in from Lisa. Lisa reminds me of Lisa, Lisa, Lisa. Do you remember that? Lisa, Lisa, Lisa. She was a drummer. Okay. I'm gonna have to get you up on your, um, your game when it comes to music. So, um, what kind of music do you listen to, Meg? You know, I'm Ooh, a, you drive so much. No, no, no. I listen don't. to books. I listen okay, to books. Okay. I'm down. I'm down. And with it's, that. Do you know why? It's because my first car, when I started hoboing, the CD player didn't work right and it would skip all the time. And so I got out of the habit of music. And so now, now I just mm. listen to, I listen to books all the time. Hmm. No, no, no. There, look, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. That's how you're called to be a saint. And that's, that's great. I know. Uh, I, know. It's, it's I would just encourage fun. you to go get that Kanye West Sunday service album. It I know I need to listen to it. Jam. <laughs> jam. I mean, it's so right. good. Ah, hallelujah. 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 Anyways, okay. So this is from Lisa. Hey, Father Josh, I love listening to your podcast and I'm so happy because so there's a song that came out a few years ago since you're listening to music by pharrell it's called happy okay because i know i know I'm happy oh so you do know music okay i do bad. know music i'm a singer i like i sing okay. like 20 hours a week in college okay all right yeah, i sing in the gospel choir like i know how to sing i just oh, so forget my that music exists for years at a time mass on saturday at my parish they surprised me with two gospel singers no nina and tara who they, they sing at my sister's funeral and it was like the most beautiful funeral i've ever ever, ever obviously it's my sister but it was so beautiful and anointed and so saturday vigil mass it was so beautiful it was i know every mass is heaven on earth but it was but it like it. Mm -hmm. It was the, yeah, it, it was a heaven on earth that felt like heaven on earth. It was so conducive. They, they sang, um, uh, for your glory. Ah, oh, so good. It's, uh, for your glory, I will do anything mm -hmm. just to see you, to behold you as my king. I want to be where you are. Okay. So Lisa says, um, I'm so happy to come across them. They are so inspiring and I'm learning so much about the beautiful Catholic faith. I've been dealing with social anxiety since I was a teenager, and I find it quite hard to stay composed in public settings when I'm outside. I've noticed that I'm very fearful of what the outside world thinks of me, and as a result, I've become somewhat of a hermit and prefer to stay inside because of this fear of being judged. This fear may come with uh, when I'm walking outside, and I just never know how to act when I see other people walking towards me. I would love to hear your advice on this. Is there a particular saint's intercession that you would recommend or praying a certain prayer devotion that may help with this kind of social withdrawal anxiety? Thank you so much, and God bless. Looking forward to hearing from you, Lisa. So, Meg, you have like a whole list of saints who are canonized, who are um, blessed, servants of God, and venerables who experienced ongoing anxiety. And, mm. and this is like one, something I think disciples of Jesus Christ in the 21st century need to know. And having anxiety does not mean there's anything wrong with you. Like, there's nothing wrong with you if, if you have anxiety. There's nothing wrong with having taking medication. Seric 38 says it's biblical to take medication. So don't be so prideful to say, I don't need what the word of God recommends. The word of God, Old Testament, Sirach 38 says, take medication from the pharmacist. If you don't, you are a fool. That is not Father Josh's interpretation. That's what God says in the word of God. So take your medicine, go see your pharmacist, get a doctor, get a therapist, get a counselor, walk with somebody who's a licensed professional. Don't just go to spiritual direction because, and don't come to your priest only because guess what? I am not a counselor. 
And I'm not a therapist, so I can only do so. I can pray for you. I can fast for you. I can listen to you. I can give you some advice to the saints, but I ain't no counselor. So go to somebody in the body of Christ who is skilled in that area and walk with them. Go to therapy, go to outpatient, go to inpatient, do something. But trust, if you do it, there are many saints who preceded you who've also done it as well. And I believe, Meg, you can share some of those saints with us who experienced anxiety and who did not either or, but all of the above. Yes. Man, I wish this was a video podcast because I'm over here like pumping my fist in yeah, the air. Like, yes, absolutely. Go to therapy, get medical help. We don't try and pray away diabetes. We take insulin, right? We don't need to pray away mental illness. Like we can take medication if that's the thing that you need. Like the Lord absolutely walks with you in that. And so I love, I love having that caveat out there. And yeah, like we've got tons of saints who dealt with mental illness, a lot who are early enough that we don't like know their diagnoses. Um, but we have a number also who have like medical diagnoses and who got medical treatment. So the one who was really coming to mind for Lisa was St. Albert Chmielowski, uh, which is spelled C-H-M-I-E-L-O-W-S-K-I, Albert Chmielowski, who was a, a Polish man. And he's got this fantastic story. He's like fighting in the Polish revolution against Russia and he gets shot in the leg and he like crawls into this cabin. He's 18 years old and enemy soldiers find him. And they're like, we have to cut off your leg. We don't have any medication. And he's like, do you have a cigar? And they're like, yeah. And so he smokes a cigar to pass the time while they're amputating his leg in the middle of this cabin. Oh. Right. Right. So then they take him to an enemy hospital and he sneaks out in a coffin because like probably you should have watched that guy a little better. And then he ends up like escaping to Belgium and he becomes a painter and he is this like beautiful. Uh, he had, he does landscapes and portraits, just this beautiful, well-respected painter and just really the kind of guy who doesn't care what other people think of him. Right. Like because he's he's got his life on lock. And so that's kind of beautiful sort of on that level with what Lisa's dealing with, with worrying about what other people think mm. to to think about Albert Chmielowski, who was like, now nah, you're going to chop off my leg. Like, that's fine. Oh, now I'm going to be a painter. Like, okay, no big deal. But he also dealt with really severe mental illness to the point that he was hospitalized in the 19th century. So this is like not mm. a therapy happy people in the 19th century for nine months in a psychiatric hospital. And he was diagnosed with hypochondria, melancholy, religious insanity, anxiety, and psychic mm. oversensitivity. Mm. So this is a guy who was like really wrestling, like really struggling. Mm. He needed help. He was released from the hospital, but he spent uh, another, another seven months completely unable to speak because he was just, he was just uh, emotionally and socially paralyzed mm. by the anxiety mm. that he was experiencing. Um, and then he did have sort of a, a sudden and miraculous healing. That is not something that happens to everybody. And it's absolutely okay for a follower of Jesus Christ to have chronic mental illness. Yeah. His was only like a Saint year Oscar and a half. Romero, like St. Oscar Romero. And it's never was healed on this earth until you went to exactly. heaven. Exactly. Obsessive compulsive disorder. Albert Schmielowski, it was sort of an acute thing for mm -hmm. like a year and a half. Um, and then all of a sudden one day it was able to go make a confession, receive communion. And he ended up founding a new religious order to serve the poor. Uh, but he had, he had sort of that memory of that experience of mental illness. Um, and so I think that he's a really beautiful intercessor um, in that one. I think you may also, you know, there, there may be some trauma in the past. St. Alfonso Mochisopadatha is a really good one if you have experienced trauma 
Um, and you didn't somebody break into her room in the convent one day. Yes, yeah. exactly. So she dealt yeah. with a lot of chronic physical illness. She was a an Indian sister. And then somebody broke into her room and she had like such a fright that she was unable to speak for, I think, like 15 months, um, wow. maybe a little bit less. She had amnesia at like she didn't have a diagnosis that I know of, but it's pretty clear PTSD yeah. if you have amnesia for a year after this uh, traumatic occurrence. Mm. Um, we've got, was it Enrico Rebuschini, who was an Italian who had repeated depressive episodes throughout his entire life, was hospitalized multiple times in his 20s, in his 30s, in his 60s. These aren't people who like had a rough time and then yeah. Jesus fixed them and everything yeah. was fine forever, right? Like Jesus enters in to our suffering, to our mental illness, to our anxiety mm. and our struggles and our and our social difficulties. Like he is right there walking with you. And I think for a lot of people, that's the way that he's able to enter our hearts. It's Amen. through that woundedness. And Amen. we feel like it's an obstacle. And God's like, no, honey, this is a channel. This is how I'm going to be able to win your heart and to make you the person that you need to be to give glory to my name and to find joy and peace in you, this world and the you next. You just said, God says, no, honey. So you're saying God is sassy. With you. Oh, yes. He's like, oh. girl, you better watch out. Father Josh, <laughs> you should hear the way that Jesus talks to me. He does, He looks at me. He's like, ooh, child. He's giving you side eye. Ooh. Absolutely. Our lady, the side eye, piercing apparition. She's like, you child, you need to get over yourself. Hey, uh, real quick. Uh, ooh, ADD, Father Josh moment coming in real quick. Um, And it literally just, oh, it just left me. We're oh, oh, wait, Jesus, anxiety. Uh, Oh, thought. Oh, this is upcoming Sunday's gospel. If you listen to the podcast, it'll be the previous Sunday, but uh, second, not, not gospel, the second reading, Paul, thorn on my side. Right? Yeah. If anxiety is your thorn in your side, like it's cool. Like let it be the thorn in your side, right? Because that thorn is what would draw you to deep intimacy with Jesus. And so um, God's grace is sufficient for us. And an another image that I had as you were talking, Meg, was of Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane, whenever he was so stressed out that like, like drops of blood were like falling to the ground. Um, from him. So again, even Jesus Christ experienced whatever we experienced. And so lean into him in the garden of Gethsemane, whenever he just said, like, Father, that will be done. So like, if it's God's will for you to have a miracle, Lisa, then praise God. But if it's his will for you to suffer well, for him to suffer with you with anxiety, then like suffer with him, suffer with him. Because like the goal is to abide with Jesus, to abide with Jesus, however that's going to look. And so uh, I think we all sometimes look at each other like, man, I wish I had that. or I wish I suffered this way, not, not my way. But like your way won't work for me to abide with God and my way won't work for you. And so um, even in the midst of all of our difficulties we experience in life, God will use and can use and does use everything to draw us to a deeper intimacy with him. Um, and from that place of intimacy, we're able to go out and accompany other people in their suffering and not fix other people, but to suffer with them until we become saints. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to dive into our final question about uh, necromancy and about talking to them dead people uh, are really them talking to us. So see you in a sec. Okay, here's the gut check right here, because if nothing changes, nothing changes. Do you want to be holy? And do you want to be an instrument of renewal in this world? And if so... Do you believe it's possible? Do you know what it looks like? Do you know where to begin? Because if nothing changes, nothing changes. My name is Father Mark Mary. I'm a Franciscan friar of the Renewal, and I wrote a book called Habits for Holiness. And it pulls from over 800 years of Franciscan tradition, wisdom, and experience of radical and total discipleship in the midst of the world, but in a way which begins with little steps and works not only for religion, not only for priests, but for everybody. The change you desire is possible. 
the conversion you desire is possible, the renewal you desire is possible, the healing you desire is possible, and it begins with little steps. So to guide you on your way and to help you make the next best step of renewal in your life, I'd invite you to pick up a copy of my book, Habits for Holiness. God bless you. And we are back. All right. So don't forget, you can hit me up your own questions at www.essentialpress.com slash askfatherjosh, spell it A-S-K-F-A-T-H-E-R-J-O-S-H. Also, rate us or view us on iTunes and other podcast formats so other people can find out about the show. If it's good for you, it could be good for them. Reminder, we have a guest for today, Meg Hunter-Kilmer, and she wrote a new book called Saints Around the World. Meg, where can they get your book at? Best bet is to go to saintsaroundtheworld.com and there's a buy page that'll tell you where you can get it all around the world because we're all trying around to the world. available to everybody. Awesome, this might awesome. take a little minute to ship it out to the Philippines. Sorry about that. I'm yeah, well, it would get to y'all in God's will, God's way, God's time. Oh, I found here's the same Bridget, the Bridgetine, and I've been looking for her. Anyways, it's such a cool habit. So, uh, yeah, we were talking about Mary and I was singing, isn't she lovely? Do you have a song? Mm-hmm. Isn't she wonderful? Okay, hold on now. Don't try to sing me on my podcast now. You can go. Sorry go about ahead it. You're and, the one uh, asked me. I'm about to. I mute do know you. a song. I'm gonna mute your microphone because you just shamed me, Mariah Carey. <laughs> uh, it was like I'm Britney Spears and you're Christina Aguilera. Like you just totally out sang me. Mm. Um, though I do love Britney a lot more because she's from Louisiana and I would ride for Britney. So yeah, uh, God bless her. Yeah, shout out to Britney uh, Spears. Yeah, she's from Kentwood. That's in my diocese, actually. Yeah, where she's from. So yeah, she's so, basically your parishioners, which is she's like. basically like my best friend. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm, yeah. So mm-hmm. um, I'm going to pray that she becomes a saint one day and I hope she prays for me to be a saint one day. And in heaven, we're going to rejoice. And yes. uh, no longer will I have to go to confession and say, oops, I did it again. Because um, <laughs> sometimes Basically I sometimes I run and you know, sometimes I, I cry and sometimes sometimes I'm scared of you. But what? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, All I really want is to hold you tight, yeah, right? Get it, girl. It's yeah. been a minute. It's been a minute. Hey, what do you hey. that song? <laughs> uh, yeah, Britney used to go hard. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Sh- shout out to all them artists from Louisiana, Britney Spears and Lil Wayne, and um, there's so many. Yeah, Master P, who's Catholic, who's a uh, Lil Romeo, who's also Catholic. I don't know if they're still Catholic, but they were. I mean, um, they are. They're stuck. You're right. Yeah, once Catholic, always Catholic. That's true. true. I don't know if they're we'll still practicing you. Catholics. My bad. Clear with my razor sharp with my language. All right. So last question comes in from Shyla. Shyla writes, Father Josh, thank you for helping me with this. I'm a very thankful convert to the church. Welcome to the church. I attend mass every Saturday night. And then I go to a non-denominational church with my family on Sundays. I'm the only Catholic one in my family. Out of the many, many gifts I treasure in the church, petitioning the saints to pray with me has been one of the most powerful. I've occasionally had Protestant friends ask questions about that. And there's one aspect of their questions that I never felt like I've answered well, specifically, how do we know we are petitioning the saint with the scriptures forbidding interacting with spirits on the other side of eternity? In other words, isn't the risk too great to be interacting with those unseen? My personal answer always seems inadequate. I talk about the scriptures that talk about the family of God, clearly including those on earth and in heaven and the verses of Revelation 4, 5, and 6. But what am I missing that I could share with them? Thank you again, Shiloh. So real quick, I'll just go into like some quick apologetics as far as like the difference between necromancy and us 
um, talking to our brothers and sisters about our Christ. So Jesus Christ says, I'm the God, the living, not the dead. And so if we abide in Christ on earth, we will continue to abide with him in the kingdom of heaven for all eternity. In the Bible, Jesus spoke to Moses and Moses died in the first five books of the Bible. Moses like was straight up dead um, and he didn't make it to the promised land. But there Jesus was talking to Moses on the top of Mount Tabor in front of Peter, in front of James and in front of John. Not only was Moses there, but so was Elijah. The difference between necromancy and talking to our brothers and sisters in the body of Christ is necromancy is communication with the dead in order to obtain a hidden secret or some knowledge beyond human ordinary powers. It's where we are trying to get them to talk to us about future events. Whereas with the saints, we're talking to them. Necromancy is about them, us trying to conjure up the dead for them to talk to us. Saints, our communication with them is us saying, hey, can you go to Jesus with me, for me, in addition to me going to the Lord as well? So there's a bit of difference between us going to, to them and us trying to conjure up dead folk uh, so they can communicate to us. Um, Meg, what else do you have? I think also, you know, you got to remember these people are not dead, right? Jesus mm -hmm. talks about how he's the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And so he's not the God of the dead. He's the God of the living. And so I feel like yeah. Jesus already kind of answered that for us. But Revelation 5.8 is sort of my go-to here. So Revelation 5.8 is talking about this vision of heavenly worship. And it says, each of the elders held a harp and gold bowls filled with incense, which are the prayers of the Holy One. So Amen. the image that we're given of what worship looks like in heaven is those who have been elevated in heaven, those human beings who have gone before are holding our prayers up before the throne. Uh, but I think it's also really helpful for me in asking the saints intercession to recognize that this isn't me like passing a note to my friend and saying, hey, like, will you talk to Johnny after school for me? This is me going to my friend and being like, hey, will you come with me? so that we can talk to him, right? And so asking mm -hmm. the saints intercession should not be a substitute for talking to Jesus. It's not instead of prayer. This is you asking them to pray so that they can go with you, so they can draw you closer so that you guys can pray together. And so I think that, you know, again, that distinction between asking them for answers, like if, if that's your experience of praying mm -hmm. to the saints, like you're asking the saints to appear to you like, yeah, I could see how that could be tied into necromancy. Yeah. But if you're just saying to a brother or sister in Christ who is kneeling at the foot of the throne of the lamb, holding your prayers up before him, yeah. hey, will you go with me? Will you walk and, me to Jesus? And let's take it a step further. They are the body of Christ. Like We are the body of Christ. Meg, you, one of the most powerful conversations I had on my last Sunday at my parish, an elderly man came up to me and he, he looked at me after he hugged me with tears in his eyes and he said, are you Jesus? Like, and he was, he was sincere. He said, are you Jesus? And I said, yes, I am the body of Jesus Christ. And so are you, you are Jesus to me as well. Whenever we're baptized, like father, son, and Holy spirit abide in us. Not, we're not just temples of the Holy spirit. Like father, God abides in us. Jesus Christ abides in us. Holy spirit abides in us. And when we die, if we persevere in our relationship with Jesus Christ and our walk toward eternity, we continue to abide with father, son, and Holy spirit. And so when we are in communication with the saints, we're in communication with them through him, through Jesus, who connects us to them because he is in them as well. And so when I grow close to St. Teresa, I'm growing close to Jesus. When I grow close to St. Josephine Baquita, I'm growing close to Jesus because she is a necessary member of the body of Jesus Christ, just as you are, just as I am. And so it's important for us to recognize like, like these are people who are abiding in him right now. And, and I think you got to remember like, People don't stop loving you because they go to heaven, right? Yeah. Like if you had a praying I made it. grandmother, I'm over you. I'm right. Deuces. <laughs> right. If you have a praying grandmother who was on her knees for you her entire life, and now she is at the throne of Jesus, she's not going to be like, oh, can't talk about Father Josh anymore, right? Like, 
And, and if she's like, Jesus, let me tell you about my grandson. He's not like, excuse me, excuse me. We yeah. don't, we don't talk yeah. about people mm-hmm. on earth now. Right. And so like the people who you loved on earth, but then also just to consider as we are the body of Christ, like, man, father, there are saints who love you, right? Yeah. There are saints who say, Saint Barnabas loves me so much. And like, he loves I, mm, you for mm. you. I have that, never. Tell me, why does that man love you? You know, I think it's because I'm a lot like St. Paul mm. and St. Paul's hard to love. And I think I can be hard to love. And Barnabas loved Paul. And so I've all, you know, for several years, I've had this relationship with St. Barnabas because he's, he's the one who knows mm. the kind of friends I need. He knows the kind of companionship I need. Like he, he's the son of encouragement. He has this courage to bring Paul to the other apostles. Um, and he can put up with all Paul's nonsense. And so for years I've been like, oh yeah, like I love St. Barnabas. Like he loves me. And then one day wow. on his feast day, I was praying, I was in an adoration chapel or a, a small reservation chapel in Georgia. And I was so overwhelmed mm. by the love of St. Barnabas. I began to weep. I had never in my life mm. felt more loved by anyone, but God himself. And wow. it, it was just this glimpse, this glimpse of how much the saints love us. And here's, here's one thing I love about that. Like he might not be that into you, you know, like he loves you because you're part of the body of Christ. Right. But I think that the saints have certain individuals that they just like really, really are attached to. And I find that exciting to know that there are saints in heaven who I may never know about in this world who love me the way that my grandmother loves me, you know, and of course they're going to talk to Jesus about me because, because they love me. Like how are they going to keep their mouth shut? That's right. That's right. Mm. Georgia, Georgia. I love Georgia. I have, um, I've been up to, let me see, Atlantis in Georgia. Yeah, uh, Life Team has a camp up there. It's really, really beautiful. So um, shout out to that camp in Georgia. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So good. Okay, so this is a great show. It's 41 minutes in, so we got to wrap up. But also, real quick, Mary in heaven, whenever she appeared in, when she appeared in Lourdes, she herself was praying the rosary mm. which is, so like even in heaven like like she's like she's still they don't just worship in heaven they also they, they pray they meditate on the life of christ in heaven and so uh the saints are praying in heaven and they're worshiping god with the angels and and there are, again are saints of every race nation tribe and tongue revelation 7 9 john saw it y'all and so our goal on earth is for our churches to start looking a lot more like the church in heaven and so uh let's go out there and spend our money on diverse artwork and statues and stained glass and go out into the geographical boundaries of our parish. And if there are white people in our parish, go get your white person. And if there are black people in your parish, go get your black person. If there are indigenous people, go get your indigenous person, right? You go get your people who are of every different age and vocation and all the above so we can all come together to join in in the prayer of the angels and saints in heaven. And uh, again, if you want some inspiration uh, in your walk toward eternity, Meg Hunter Kilmer's new book, Saints Around the World, can be reached at saintsaroundtheworld.com and go get that book. Y'all, it really is really, 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 really good. And uh, and the person, the artist who illustrated uh, Lindsay, I think Lindsay Sanders also does these little toy looking things as yeah. well. Um, the Saint so, Blocks. The mm-hmm. Saint Blocks. Yeah. So, is so she fantastic, them, Father? She's, she's super. Yeah. I want to be she's her brilliant. friend too. Definitely. So, um, yeah, it'd be great to have you and her come down to Louisiana at some point so we can fellowship with each other and pray with each other and discern how God might invite us to collaborate with each other in the future so yeah. that we can continue his mission 
of accompanying people um, of every background in their relationship with our Savior, Jesus Christ. Meg, thank you so much. Do you want to close this with a prayer? Yes, let's do it. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we praise you. That when you made us, you made us good. That you delight in us exactly as we are. That you are captivated by the different colors of our skins and textures of our hair and shapes of our eyes, by our different sizes and abilities and joys and struggles. Lord, I pray that you would set a fire in our church to glorify your name through all of our particular circumstances. I pray, Lord, that our church would be crying out to the goodness of who you are as shown through this incredible diversity of saints in our church. And Lord, I pray that each one of us would be inspired to run after you, to feel your unceasing love, to feel your joy and delight in us through the witness of these saints who show us what holiness looks like in a life like ours. Mother Mary, we thank you for your motherhood, for the ways that you hold us close and the ways that you push us on to holiness. We ask you to pray for us that like you, all that we do would be done for love of your son in worship of the Father inspired by the Holy Spirit. We ask this through your intercession and in Jesus' name, amen. Blessed Peter Keith. Pray for us. Pray for us. Oh, real cool. Quick. Ascension has some really cool news. We have some artwork that we're producing of some of the saints, some of the black saints, uh, and it's going to be produced for our churches. It's going to be church worthy artwork and it's awesome. Uh, I'm going to be doing a special about that uh, next month to share that news with y'all. We're working with a beautiful artist in Canada to produce this artwork. And so that's really exciting. But as you're praying, the song from Will Reagan came to my mind. So set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. Because I want all of you, God. I want all of you, God. There's no place I'd rather be. There's no place I'd rather be. There's no place I'd rather be than hearing your love, hearing your love. And so, yeah, that's all we got for y'all today. We will see you in the Eucharist and uh, on earth, and hopefully we'll see you in heaven for all eternity. Deuces. Deuces.